Hi, welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace. And my name is, am I forgetting my name? No, I'm not forgetting my name, but I had a very long day. So my name is Vivian Aqua. I'm a certified DEI consultant, trainer, coach. And I'm really excited about the conversation that I will be having with these two lovely ladies. But first, first of all, first of all, for those of you who are reaching out, how are things going? I'm currently rolling through life with a stroller. Yes, that's the situation that, that currently right now. I hope that by the end of the year, I'll be able to walk on my own and walk a mile in my own shoes, right? But for now, this is the situation that I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with at the moment. And I'm really grateful, happy that I'm still able to talk, as you can see, as you can hear, but also so grateful to be still hosting these impactful sessions. So today we have, I have two amazing speakers from all over the world. I have Emma based in the Netherlands, like myself, and I also have Lisa based in the US. But let me do a proper introduction, right? Because this is a proper introduction that I normally do. So I've changed my background. I don't know if I love it. Next time, maybe I need to use a green screen. But those of you who don't know, I have a heartwarming connection with this bridge. I really love this bridge. It's even in the background of my kitchen. But I wanted to test it out if this is helping out okay. So let, let me go back to the proper introduction. So first of all, I wanted to introduce Emma. Emma is an equity, inclusion, diversity expert with the specialization in ageism, youngism, and inclusion of Gen Z in the workplace. And then we have Lisa Marie. She is a modern workplace advocate who believes in a humanistic approach is the linchpin to fostering, thriving, and prosperous workforce. So if you don't know them, follow them, comment them, but please join this conversation as well. I see Kilsa is on here. Thank you, Kilsa, for joining this conversation as well. And let me, let me start with the first question, right? Because I always start with this question, and I'll start with you, Emma. Why do we need to humanize the workplace? Yeah, great question. And I was thinking, of course, in prepping for this conversation, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking to myself, I think it's actually the other way around. We should wonder mm. why we did dehumanize the workplace. Ooh. Why did we <laughs> go for that? Sorry to dive right in, but now not sorry actually yeah, no, why, yeah. why why did we dehumanize workplace mm -hmm. you know because without humans we have no workplace sounds maybe a bit cliche but it's absolute truth so yeah this human approach it's really needed in order to have an effective but also a productive a thriving place to work so i think we should really wonder okay we have so many societal challenges right now um yeah. this way of working isn't working so no. we should take that human approach and get back into connection with ourselves with each other but i think is lisa then, also has a lot to add <laughs> no is it then that you want people to reflect upon why we, where did it start from or do you want them to hit a reset button and say okay we know things are the way they are let's do our best to change some status quo and go towards humanization humanizing the work but is that it yeah, mainly the latter, I would say, because yeah. I think yeah. it is time that we make that switch again. 
And mm -hmm. maybe it's also good to do some reflective work, you know, so we don't go back into old patterns as well. Yeah. But I think it's yeah. always important to look ahead. And I think not to touch already too much on the on the topic of today, but younger generations can also really help us do that, get the human back in the workplace. So indeed, stop for a second, maybe think about it, but also really take action and uh, let's do better with each other. Yeah. I see, I see Lisa nodding her head like, okay, I'm ready to jump in. So jump in, Lisa. <laughs> you're muted, you're muted. Lisa, you're muted. Lisa, you're muted. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> I think, woo, yeah. I mean, I'm going to piggyback up on and what Emma said and mm -hmm. just... I think it's important that we just understand that the workplace is human, you know? Mm. It's weird that we that we can forget that, you know, especially with all the technology and things like that. I think leaders and even just employees in general, we kind of forget that we are the reason that businesses even operate, whether as an employee or a consumer. So the workplace is human, you know? And I think that that's the mindset that everyone needs to come back and recognize, you know, and even though we're living in this new modern and future of work, it still is the human that's driving the success, regardless of any advancements in technology yeah. or anything like that. And it's strange that we can forget that, you know, because as I said, we're the drivers, we're the ones that's creating, we're the ones that are putting our knowledge and skills and efforts to push any type of goal or objective forward. So I think the understanding that humanizing the workplace is just the understanding that the workplace is human and that in order for things to be successful, we have to understand the needs of the human, the one that is driving all the accomplishments and uh, goals. And that really leans into just understanding and being willing to build relationships you know, bring the human back in, the human connection. You're mentioning something that I've also seen you consistently share about just because technology is in, just because we are using tools, we are, we cannot dismiss people in the right way. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. my people person who's walking behind me. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because of that, because people are... People, a lot of people seem scared about what's happening. And sometimes I, I do understand that certain jobs are changing. But then again, there are also so many things that companies are forgetting. Just because you have tools, you shouldn't be dismissing the people that are supporting you from day one, right? So I, mm -hmm. I totally get what you're saying as well. Yes, I get what you're saying. And I'm seeing, <laughs> that's Orlando in the back. I'm seeing Cynthia change the status quo, and I definitely understand that as well. And also Kilsa is sharing, um, it's the profit of the stakeholder module, and there's a third option that benefits the human and, and company as well. So I'm, I'm ready to dive into that aspect. Um, what are the key factors when it comes to the younger generation when considering evaluating their workplace experiences, right? We have a lot of people, we have a long, I'm, I'm a bit distracted with Orlando in the back, but that's the, the situation right now, right? Um, we have 
people voting with their foot, right? They are walking away from companies because they are promising something that wasn't there or was never there or they have changed it. What do you want to say? What, what do you want? Lisa, sorry. <laughs> it like kind of kind of glitched a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, I think that the main factors I'm going to go off of not only what I know, but what I've experienced as I've entered into the workforce. Um, for those that don't know, I went straight into the military at 17 and then decided to transition out into the private sector when I was uh, 23. So I understand what it means to feel as though I'm a younger generation and I'm entering into this new world and people like to view the younger generation I feel and what I've gone through and what I've heard others gone through that um, when we're looking at our workplace, we want to feel as though we have representation and that we will be that we have representation and we will be supported. So I feel as though people look like me or are similar to me and feel that they can come relate to me so that I can be supported in the environment and I can grow in the environment and that I'm able to trust my leadership and feel respected by my leadership, that they trust me and they respect my abilities, and that I'm also going to be fairly compensated. I think those are things that as a younger individual entering into the workforce and trying to navigate through, you want to feel comfortable. And I think that those are the main factors that relate to that and allow for people to feel that they can be a success within an environment and relate to others as well. I totally get it, but I have to play the devil's advocate in this case where there are people out there that believe that the younger generation is acting a little bit privileged, acting yeah. a little bit like, okay, you're claiming things from a perspective whilst, you know, my, I'm not saying me, I'm not saying me, I get it. But my generation and older are saying, well, we had to fight our way in. We have to earn our respect. We had to do this. And you have to do your due diligence before you are able to get to that position. What do you think? Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Uh, I'll go ahead and then if Emma wants to jump in after, she can as well. Um, I think that, I think, I think it's, that's a generational thing because I, I do, me and my mom, she's from, she was born in the uh, the forties and I was born in 82. So it's, I think it's definitely a mindset. And um, even with that saying that and the understanding from a different gener generation, I think it's also um, so, uh, how someone has advocated before. I think we forget that their advocation has allowed for the younger generation to be able to speak up, you know? So I think we kind of forget that. And yeah, it may come off as though a lot of younger generations are coming off as entitled or as if they're not willing to work or haven't earned that spot to complain. I think it's also healthy and necessary. I think conflict is good. <laughs> I think it's good and that's what creates change. And I think uh, as the younger generation speaks up, I think the older generation should speak up as well. And then they find a way to meet in the middle, honestly. Yeah, I hear you. Emma. 
Yeah. Because I, you were you were ready to fight me, right? I saw I you. <laughs> was not ready to fight you necessarily, but I was ready to fight that idea because I hear it a lot and I totally get it actually. But I think that we oftentimes, and this is also to come back on what Lisa was saying, we oftentimes forget that we're all coming from a generation. We all mm -hmm. came into the workplace, into life at a different time, at a certain time. So for example, indeed, what you were saying, Lisa, like my uh, mother, she's, I think, a bit younger maybe than yours, but she's from Generation X. And they came into the workforce when there was absolutely no work. Like the mm -hmm. youth unemployment rates were so high. Of course, that shapes your idea of work and what work should be and what your role should be. And my mother, we're not necessarily religious, but she said you could really thank God on your bare knees if you had a job in that time, you know. Of course, that is different. And now we have we have TikTok, which is the biggest searching machine for for, for younger people, uh, it actually uh, uh, out um, uh, competitors. I don't know. It was it's the biggest competitor of Google and Yahoo actually yeah. in younger generations. It's absolutely insane. So they learn a lot, and maybe from different sources, and maybe they look like they have less experience, but they are actually starting that learning process very early. They're very. Uh, focus also on the future and on their environment. They know a lot of what is going on also. They're in the in the center, actually, of a lot of things. So when I hear, oh, yeah, but you're young, so you cannot really know anything, I would say, well, there might be more in, in young people uh, than you might know based on their age. So I think it's yeah. a, a bit too easy, and I hear it a lot, so it makes sense that the idea is out there. But I think it's a bit too easy to say, okay, well, you're young, so you're dismissed. We'll talk when you're 30 or 35 plus. So uh, Exactly. Yeah. Because what you're saying is totally, totally relatable, right? Especially for women. When you have reached a certain point or a certain phase in your life, women are dismissed often, right? The yeah. moment that you enter the workplace, you're young. The moment that you uh, that you get married, that's also another stigma that happens, right? The moment that yeah. you become pregnant, oh, are you okay with doing that job? And then all of a sudden, we're too old, or are we capable of doing that? Yeah. So what you are saying right now, where we we can learn so much more from the younger generation, especially with the the way tools, new tools are getting out. I mean, I I, I am also an '80s woman, right? So I was already glad that internet came out, Google came out, and now within 10 years, there are so many tools out there that I cannot keep up with everything, right? Eventually I had to stop and say, okay, I'll leave this up to my sister. My, I have a, a 14 years uh, age different with my sister. So she's part of the TikTok family where I can learn a lot from, from her, but I'm also learning a lot from my son as well. And, and I realized that there's so much more for us, for different generations to win when we meet each other in the middle, yeah. like Lisa is mm -hmm. sharing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, 
I'm seeing and, some comments in the, um, uh, let yeah, me do the okay. comments first and then, and then I'll yeah. leave it open to you, Emma. So Cynthia is saying none of that was ever correct to begin with, right? So we suffered. That doesn't mean that others should definitely Cynthia. Mm -hmm. And also Kilsa is saying, but that's the difference between authority and harm reducing all the generation goes by authority. That's also the way that they were raised. Right. Yeah. And the younger generation wants respect. We also want respect, not only the younger generation, everybody yeah. wants respect, just yeah. a way to meet people where they are. So thank you both. Emma, what do you want to say? Well, I just really like what you were saying about having to meet in the middle, because I also mm -hmm. sometimes forget like, here that people tend to forget yeah. that it's also the other way around younger mm -hmm. generations also need more experienced generations there's a lot mm -hmm. to learn actually from each other so if we can really keep that and get that uh learning process going like going both ways that's why I, for example really like reverse mentoring reverse sponsoring mm -hmm. as well yeah. that is where the gold is i i just wanted to add to what you were saying I, I love it. I love it. But since I already shared one misconception, right, when it comes to the younger generation, what is another misconception that you can share and how can these be addressed? I Emma. think that one... Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, Lisa, I can start. Then you can maybe hop on. Yeah? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sounds good? Okay. Um, well, what I hear a lot in the work that I'm doing within organizations is the misconception that Gen Z or younger generations don't value work as much as previous generations do. And that is absolutely untrue. It's also proved untrue multiple times by science, but it's mm -hmm. also in practice something I really see. But I think we have to think in a different way about it. It's not that younger generations don't value work as much, they also tend to value other things a bit more. So mm. their, their life work balance, for example, it's an important one. For them, it's really yeah. a balance, you know? So life is also a very important part of this, and it's not only work anymore. So I think that they value work still as much, but they tend mm -hmm. to also bring some other things into the equation that they value just as much. And then it might seem that they don't care that much about work, but actually meaningful work, impactful work with which they can also get a grip on this a very anxious sort of society where we have climate disasters and inflation and all these things. It's actually super important for them, but they also value their mental health, their sports, their fitness, their friends and everything else so mm -hmm. that's just what i wanted to say about that misconception because i hear it a lot and i don't think it's true i know it's not true so thank you emma lisa yes well said emma i think also um not just uh that they don't value work but i think it's also that they just don't want to work and i think that that is one of the most <laughs> wrong misconceptions out there i think it's also that they recognize that there are different ways that you can work. They understand mm -hmm. that you don't have to work as hard, you know, to earn a living. Even if you just want to be an influencer, yes, you're working hard, but it's a different mm -hmm. type of work and it's it's working hard in a different type of way, you yeah. know? And I think that a lot of, I mean, there's so much information out here and so much different technology. So there's so many ways that you can just learn to, 
start a new career and not need a degree or need some type of certification for free. You know, you can learn for free. And so people, once they get this knowledge, they're going to want to learn, they're going to use it to their advantage and learn how to work in a different way. So it's not really that they don't want to work. They don't want to work the traditional way or how policies and procedures and things may be currently set up and they may have an idea of how to work in an easier way. And that's where leadership and others need to tap in and understand their mindset to make things a lot more easier and streamline things and see what they're thinking and how that can be a, a benefit and also help to revolutionize the way things are currently going. Yeah, yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. And then again, both of you are saying that work needs to be meaningful, right? If it's not meaningful, if it's not connected to purpose, then it's easier for people to walk away or not do the job. And that's totally my thing. But then again, we are dealing with different generations in the work. I'm just playing again, devil's advocate. We are dealing with different generations in a workplace where the majority right now is, I think millennials is, is, um, and, and leadership are older than that. What is your message to them exactly, Lisa? I think that people just need to learn to just come from out of their offices or from behind the computer, you know, and really yeah. tap in, you know, yeah. that's where the disconnect is. No one's willing to actually communicate to understand what is truly going on and what people's desires truly are from that generation. And actually from both generations, you know, as I said yeah. earlier, you know, we need to just meet in the middle. There needs to be a middle ground and that all starts from communicating and trying to just generate an understanding that way and work on how to bridge that gap and build a relationship. That's the key yeah. in my mm -hmm. Yeah, Emma. Yeah, I just, of course, I want to add to you again, Lisa, <laughs> I really like what you're saying, but I think it's really indeed about getting all generations at the table, yeah. having that mm -hmm. intergenerational conversation, yeah. because while we, it's great to know what, for example, in science, the, the characteristics of Gen Z and millennials mm -hmm. and baby boomers are, please use it as a framework, then go back to your actual office practices and to your actual teams and say, okay, let's sit down and use it mm -hmm. as a framework, but also ask them, what are their individual experiences? What do they mm -hmm. need from you? And it will defer. And it's not gonna necessarily be always very easy, but mm -hmm. I promise you like it works. It works to know what the different needs are. And at the end of the day, we are all human. I really like the name of this podcast webinar let's humanize the workplace because yeah. we are yeah. all humans and it's easy to get lost in generations and everything but while they are there are different needs everyone is human in the end so yeah like we said already before people want respect people want ownership autonomy mm -hmm. there's a lot also that we have in in common with each other and i think yeah. if you can see where what we have in common and at the same time, also see where we defer and just adjust maybe sometimes a bit to that. And you already have a, yeah, gone a long way, I would say. I love everything. And my, my chat box is exploding. So let me read some of the comments that are, are being shared. So Cynthia saying there's indeed no right age to be a woman, right? The only age is to be a man. 
My training had me enter the workplace at the same time as millennials. And the entire time, there has been no right time to be a female in science or medicine. Yes, I, I've, I've known that. And still, I want to challenge the status quo because this is sad that it's still yeah. there and we need to do something about that as Great. well. And also... Um, let me see. Kilsa is saying, I'm going through this with Gen Z and continue to learn so much. And Cynthia is saying, avoiding burnout, nurturing relationship, mutual respect. Gen Z, get this. Yes. And there's a lot that personally I have to credit Gen Z for, um, for having that brave muscle to have those courageous conversations, to have those brave conversations. Because if it wasn't for them, then so many other things were would be done the same way that it was done you know, in the past. And we need yeah. to change that phrase. Just because it was done yesterday doesn't mean that we can change or doesn't mean that we can do better and innovate at the same time. Yeah. Uh, another comment by Kilsa, the internet is where societal conversations happen. We are taught to be polite in person, but need space to express and be creative in experiences. Yes, that's that's I hope that's the way I hope to use the internet for. But unfortunately, there are other you know ways that people are misusing the internet as well. But that's a whole other conversation. I want to <laughs> direct back to to this conversation where how can organizations ensure that they are continuously involving their employee experiences to meet the changing needs and expectations of the younger generation? So if I would have asked you from a personal perspective, what is it that you wish to see now, today, yesterday? And I'll start with Emma. Um, first of all, to just touch really shortly back on the point that you just made. Mm -hmm. Indeed, it's super important to change these norms, but we can also, I think all of us can acknowledge that it's also super uncomfortable. So yeah. let's face the discomfort in that, but also, mm -hmm. yeah, we can, we can just acknowledge that, that it is going to be uncomfortable because we have done yes. stuff for in one similar way for a lot of time, of course. No, but we want everything to be Disney. Now <laughs> I'm blocking you because I've, I've had the comments that when it comes to creating changes, it needs to be positive. It not needs to be messy. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's your okay. response to that? I had to throw in that curveball as well. What's your response to that? Well, you have a norm. You want to go from point A to B or from point mm -hmm. A to P in this yeah. example. And it's not going to go like that. I can tell you that. I've seen a lot of organizations try to make a change or actually changing. And it was, oh, sorry, people, if they're listening to this, they cannot see it. So it was up and down and there was the right mm -hmm. and then three steps back to the left. And then they went up again and they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. We finally reached our destination only to come back down again. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I've never actually seen a Disney kind of change process that was all rainbows and butterflies because mm -hmm. yeah you're challenging norms yeah. things are yeah. changing things yeah. are mm -hmm. not always easy to look in the eye because we have also 
done things in the past, not because it was the greatest solution, but because of bias and because of inequality, unequal systems. Sorry, sometimes I yeah. lose myself. But um, that is actually also the reason why we have done a lot of things in the past. So to change from that is not going to be all butterflies, easygoing, smooth mm -hmm. talking, I would say. Yeah. So and I don't know Disney how you see Disney, it. Right? Even Disney True that. Disney. <laughs> True. Yeah. They also True. have their challenges where people yeah, Google DEI and Disney, mm -hmm. they'll mm -hmm. see a lot being yeah. in the state of florida where a lot is happening but again mm -hmm. this is not about this not about that That's topic, but i just wanted to leave that there yeah. lisa yes oh yes i totally agree you know change mm -hmm. is messy it's supposed to be messy i feel it's supposed to be not dangerous mm -hmm. but messy yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i think um in order to understand the messiness of it and why it's necessary, I think that I'm going back to what I always say, continuously engaging, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. as evolution means constantly engaging to understand. And if you don't understand what's going on, how do you know what's happening? <laughs> You're lost in the sauce if you don't know. True. So yeah. I just think that, you know, constantly engaging not being afraid of conflict not being afraid of the disagreements and recognizing when you've done wrong or when things are wrong and not fearing mm -hmm. and running from that and i think that's the main mm -hmm. thing no one wants to admit when something's wrong or that change needs to occur because of x y and z that is negative or dangerous or you know a hindrance in it's something that was created off of one idea you know that no one expected or maybe they did expect for it to be a certain way. So I just think that all of those fears, fear is pretty much what it is, is what's hindering evolution. Yeah. And yeah. the key is to just, you know, not worry about that and just understand yeah. that conflict is necessary. Yeah. I love what you're saying that we need not to be worried about evolution. And I would say innovation as well. As companies, mm -hmm. yeah. you want to grow connect with your customers and yeah. when your customers don't identify themselves in your people right don't identify themselves in your in your organization that's a whole new thing nowadays mm -hmm. in the past companies could fool people with images with videos and then you know when they go into the back door they see well it doesn't represent how the companies are really like right so i would say is it that you want to challenge organizations to really make an effort and connect with the youth, connect with the younger generations through universities or through colleges? What is it that you would like to suggest? Emma, <laughs> you're both basically like, okay, who's she gonna name? Let me yeah. start with Emma. <laughs> yeah, I don't wanna interrupt you. So I'm like, yeah. let's mm -hmm. wait for a bit. Um, so what my wish would be for mm -hmm. workplaces, yeah, I think it's not about only having the new generation at the mm -hmm. table. Sorry, but I, I'm coming mm -hmm. back to this point because I, I find it so important that we just all have a seat at the table and in decision-making processes as well. What is happening there? It's such a black box for a lot of young mm -hmm. people 
I know and that I've worked with. Um, and there's a lot of complaining happening right now. Oh, the youth, they want to be managers from day one, but they just want to have a say like we all yeah. do. We just want yeah. to know what is up. And sorry if that sometimes translates in a bit of a clumsy way and that they're saying, I want to be manager in six months, but they just want to be heard also. And mm -hmm. how there are so many more ways than only being a manager. I think we can all agree to that to have that ownership and to to feel like you actually have a have a part of the solution in your hands and yeah. i think just going back to that going back to the very human need that is unfulfilled for a lot of young people mm -hmm. and just seeing it as a human need and actually thinking oh how, how could i work with that that's what mm -hmm. what's going to help you and it's great if you go indeed to universities and to co colleges, but Gen Z youth, they also love transparency. So what are mm -hmm. you going to promise them before they come work at your organization? Because I know a lot of great campus recruiters who sell a job at universities and colleges that doesn't exist. Yeah. And Gen Zs get bummed out because after three months, it's nothing like was communicated mm -hmm. in the beginning and they leave. But then it's their problem that they leave because, oh, Gen Z doesn't want to work and oh, yes. all they want to do is leave and job hop and whatever. No, they know, but, they know in the earlier stage, they know what they want, right? Exactly. They really know what they want. And I think also that they have seen parents, uncles, aunties, family members being depleted mm -hmm. by empty promises that they Absolutely. are not going to... Yeah you know, gonna chase those empty promises anymore. So I, I get it. Yeah. 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 yeah so that so. transparency and also like on diversity and inclusion, just to add that quickly. Mm -hmm. And also like climate, what are you doing there? Are you only Ooh. pinkwashing mm -hmm. or greenwashing? Yeah. Because this yeah. generation is gonna notice. So yeah. if you keep them involved, do as you say, you already come a long way. I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Thank you. Lisa. I'm going to piggyback and just add one word, accountability. My wish Woo! is accountability. <laughs> and I think that just ties everything in because mm -hmm. as we said, you're these employers, they're selling a dream. They're selling, a, a, you know, an idea that they view is relatable to the younger generation. But how are you holding this? to a standard. What is the standard? Mm -hmm. How are we ensuring accountability that goes with DE&I, that goes with, you know, climate change, that goes with anything that an employer is promising to someone that they're mm -hmm. reaching out to, you know, and that also goes back to what Emma said, where it should be all generations meeting together, you know, and not just tying in certain ones, you know, and then accountability ties into that, you know, how did we get here? You know, what is yeah. the standard? What is the standard they're trying to set? Is it real or is it just fiction? You know, as far as like we see now with all the changes with DE&I that's being pushed back with companies, you know, where is the accountability with that? You know, younger generations are looking at that and they, they want to know, well, is this truly something that you feel is necessary and is important for the this company or not? You know, so I think that's the main issue that a lot of corporations need to start dealing with and that's holding yeah. themselves accountable. 
And also to um, to combine everything that both of you has said, right? Um, this generation has learned a way to become an entrepreneur from day zero. They can just Google it or they can find a business coach or they can connect with people and start their own businesses. So in a way, I'm saying that the younger generation, some part of the younger generation doesn't need employment. They want to start their own businesses. And in a time where I grew up, the employment phase was becoming an employee was something that I've learned. I'm the first entrepreneur within my family. And now that I'm seeing my son, I'm just like, okay, I want to make sure that he knows the skills of becoming an employee so that our employer, so that he or an uh, entrepreneur, so that he can survive on his own, right? We have so much tools out there. So companies, if you want to, um, if you don't treat your people better, you'll lose them and you'll lose them towards entrepreneurship where they're they can become your competitor, right? Yes. If you're not listening to their ideas and they're selling a dream towards you and you're not taking it upon them, they will create the product their own, right? Look what happened to um, at the time when Twitter was going through a phase and Elon Musk was firing a lot of people. There was this whole, there were two black people, ex-Twitters that started their own um platform right i don't know what happened to it but still it inspired them to just set up their own product so i would say watch your back organizations mm -hmm. managers leaders watch your back i'm seeing a lot of comments i really have to honor cynthia in this because she has been sharing a lot so old school is being dragged and kicking and screaming yes these ideas were not new they just rejected them unless they uh, unless there is something in it for them, still buying into money, significance of in, as an individual, dumb games of comparison. Everyone is better off with humanization of the workplace. Conflict is normal. Let's. I want. To, I want to make that a highlight of the day. Conflict mm -hmm. is normal. And there are ways to deal with conflict in a constructive way. It doesn't mean that we have to end up like Mike Tyson in the box ring and fight. We can do conflict in a constructive way. So it can be constructive base, yes, like, like Cynthia is sharing and how people approach it. Respond, not react. Yes, definitely. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. I do have a wish for 2023, uh, 2030. I always, you know, end the session or end the show with that. I've asked one of the questions, but by 2030, what needs to be done when it comes to this topic? So when it comes to crafting a employee experience for younger generations and humanizing the workplace. And I'll start with you, Lisa. I think that people just don't, I just think that employers, they really, honestly, if you're not willing to work on building that employer-employee relationship, because that's really what it is, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. If you're mm -hmm. not truly engaged in building that relationship, you yeah. just don't need to be in that leadership position. <laughs> and mm. I think that's really where I'm at. You know, I feel there's a lot of people that hold these positions that just Ooh. are incompetent. And they just Ooh. need to move out of the way. <laughs> you, she went there. <laughs> so leaders, managers, those who are future leaders, Lisa is challenging you to move. 
get out of the way. No, I'm You're referring. Really I'm, while I'm saying this, I have ludicrous in my mind, which I'm not gonna say. <laughs> yes. But just, I just want to say that you're right. You're right. Not everybody is fit to be a leader, but it is a skill that can be trained, but not everybody is fit to be a leader. Whereas mm -hmm. the old school way of leading people, it's not, it's not for all generation. It's not good. So thank you, Lisa, for, for challenging the leaders. Emma. Yeah. My wish for 2030 would be that it is normalized to have different generations at the table. I need to come back to that. I need to make that point mm -hmm. again because mm -hmm. it's my it's my wish. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we just need all generations at the table to solve mm. all these big societal problems we have right yeah. now. And I would go even further, but then people might call me an idealist. Well, fine, do it. Um, we need all voices to be heard. So it's not mm -hmm. only a thing about different ages. We need yeah. men, we need women, we need color, we need white, we need all voices yeah. to be heard. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's a lot for seven years, but that is the only way forward in my perspective. Yeah. And while my sub wish may be that all generations have a voice and that it's normalized to also ask younger people Oh, you have a totally different way to view the world. Can mm -hmm. we maybe learn from each other in that? Yeah. I, in the end, think we need to hear all voices. So, yeah, yeah that's just my wish for 2030 and ever. <laughs> so, yeah. I hope that both your wishes will be granted because I'm, I'm looking at the world and I'm, I'm seeing how things are being done. I'm seeing how things are being dismissed. Whereas I think it's in the US, right? Where a lot of the car employees are striking yeah. at the moment yeah. right now because yeah. of what's happening. You know, they are getting, the companies are getting profit, but the profit is not being shared with the employees. The same goes to all the streaming networks that were, mm -hmm. you know, reporting all their profitable figures, yeah. but not sharing the, you know, sharing a pieces of the pie when it comes mm -hmm. to all the actors. Exactly. So I really hope that what whatever the, I hope that the, the outcome will be positive, but I hope to also to include, include us. If it's created by people, yeah. include the people because yeah. it's not yeah. fair that AI is going to take over and then you're dismissing these people. So please include yeah. the people, but also know that we need people to, create amazing shows, um, mm -hmm. not toxic workplace environments. And I'm not going to name the host in this case, but you all know what I'm talking about. We have, we have a toxic environment situations in the Netherlands as well, not only in the U S but yeah. I just want to make sure that we need to honor all the different generations. So this has been so fast and I could talk for hours, uh, when it comes Same. to this topic, but also you have both been amazing thank you for being a guest on let's humanize the workplace so thank you Yay. thank you thank both yeah. of you yeah. it was really great so for everybody who's listening or everybody who joined thank you for joining this session if you have any questions or please also connect with my guest speakers it's not about yeah. me it's also about them sharing the mic because they are bringing in the heat they are bringing in the <laughs> insights and they are bringing in their expertise as well. So it has been a lovely day. Thank you all and bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.